0: Well, let me welcome you back to Systematically Wild. I'm Rob Paneer, joined once again by my good buddy, Kevin Luco. And, Kevin, uh, man, break up those Iowa Heartlanders. No doubt about
1: it. This team is probably on the best stretch they've been on since they joined the
0: ECHL. Well, wow, Kevin, after sweeping the Kalamazoo wings at home, the Utah Grizzlies come to town, and that's no slouch. Utah is a very quality organization here in the ECHL. They get swept by the Heartlanders this week, another set of fantastic goaltending, four goals allowed in that series against Utah. Man, this this team is just, as you said, this this is clearly the best the organization has ever played. This
1: is a team that may have finally um, found their stride, and the fact that it's happening so early in the season leads, to, leads a person to feel a little bit optimistic.
0: Well, let's start with the big news for the team beyond the victories, Kevin. Davis Cook named today as the uh, player of the week in the ECHL, the in Glasgow player of the week, I should say that, um, after a huge week for the team. Uh, c- coming over from Germany after spending four seasons over there has become a staple of this offense right now, and um, it's you, you're not seeing a lot of big offensive talent for this club over the first few seasons, but. Uh, he's been a huge addition, and that is exactly what this team has needed.
1: I had to look him up when I was at the game on Friday night. And I guess it's pronounced Kosh or Kosh. Oh,
0: okay. It. I was going
1: to look myself, but that's how they pronounce it at the arena. So it's I an mean, interesting pronunciation. But, you know, he scored two goals, and I find myself looking at um you know, every every fan's reference some um, Area Hockey DB wondering, okay, who is this guy? And you're right, he played many years overseas and he's given it a shot in the States. And he's, had a, he's off to a great start right now with the
0: Heartlanders. Well, let's start out with Wednesday, Wednesday's game, Kevin, as twice Utah is able to jump out to one goal advantages mm-hmm. in this contest, but both times... Uh, the Heartlanders battle back to tie the score, eventually he wind up getting a, a goal 527 in the third period when Liam Coughlin comes up with a game winner. Um, that was his third goal of the season. Uh, each of the goals scored by the Heartlanders in the contest was the third goal of the year for, their, for the player. Peyton Jones, though, 20 saves in the contest. Wasn't tested a lot, but you know what? They're asking this guy to make the saves that you need when you w- need to win games. Um, and right now, it's, I, I, to be honest with you, the way he's playing right now, I think that he could be playing without a, a paddle and, and shin pads and he'd still be making saves. guy's just phenomenal right now.
1: He's been on quite a role, and I saw him play a bit when he was in college with the Penn State Nittany Lions. And, and you, could tell, you could tell the talent was there when he was in college, and it's good to see that. Due in part to Hunter Jones, I just don't think he was available last week, and now this week he was with caught up to Des Moines. But it was it was Peyton Jones' time to shine, and he took advantage.
0: Coach, I hope I'm saying that right. It winds up getting a goal in that contest. He adds two more goals on Friday night, Kevin, and an assist in a 4 nothing victory over Utah, a game where you were at where Jones comes up with 30 saves. Uh, Just a a very complete contest for the club.
1: It was interesting because the Heartlanders just jumped all over Utah to start the game, but it seemed like the last two periods, I felt like Utah did take it to Iowa a bit, but Peyton Jones was just having nothing of it. Just really, it wasn't like a lot of acrobatic face. He was just very officially sound and made it look easy with the
0: 30-save shutout. As Kevin mentioned, 16 shots for Iowa in the first period, 16-3 they outshoot Utah. Score three goals in the frame, a shorthanded goal and a power play goal for the team. Then it is all Utah from there as they went up outshooting uh, Iowa 16-7 in the second, 11-6 in the third. But Jones is the difference in this contest as he is just absolutely spectacular and. I know this early on the season. I don't want to get caught up in too much hype at this particular point, but you got to be talking about this guy. as a serious consideration for goaltender, the top goaltender in the league, by the way, that he's playing right now.
1: You'd have to think if he would have got the start on Saturday night, maybe he would have been in contention for goalie of the week again.
0: Absolutely. Uh, does not start but five two and one so far early on in his eight contests this season with the two point three one goals against average. Been spectacular for them. On Saturday, the club turns to Drew DeRyder, who played very well in this game. He winds up facing thirty-nine shots. He saves thirty-seven of them as the team comes away with another big three to two victory in this contest. It is Iowa jumping out to a 2 0 lead as Coach comes up with two goals early in that contest, five for the week for him. Utah able to cut the deficit in half, but Jox Jones, Jesse Jocks, excuse me, I don't know where Jox Jones came from. Jesse Jocks winds up scoring to extend the lead back to two, then they hang on for the one goal victory. Um, Jox was a guy that I know you were pretty high on Kevin when he came in late last season for Iowa and had a pretty good offensive numbers for them, especially down the last three, four weeks of the year. And I think that he's a guy that they really need to continue to progress offensively if they're going to continue to stay as hot as they are right now. And, you
1: know, Jax got off to a very good start this year, too, and I don't know why, but he's been – he has not been on the top two lines as of late, but maybe that's just to provide balance through the lineup. But, you know, Jax was a very good scorer in high school, uh, at college, at Minnesota Duluth, they play such a defensive style as you have to be pretty elite to put up really good offensive numbers with the Bulldogs. And So he was kind of limited in his scoring there, but he's taken advantage of the, just the difference in the pro game to a structured college game, and Jax has become a pretty good goal scorer, and, and, you know, it's good to see
0: well, the big week now has Iowa in fourth in the Western Conference, second in the Central Division right now, trailing Toledo at 6-4-2, four, four points behind the walleye right now, one point ahead of the Fort Wayne Comets. The first time in club history that the team has been above 500, we should acknowledge that first, first time that they've been above fourth place, I think even above fifth place at this point in Le- in uh, in their franchise history right out there, but Kevin, man, a very interesting week for this club. Go to Kalamazoo on Wednesday, play in Fort Wayne on Thanksgiving Day, then travel to Wheeling for Saturday game where they stay Saturday and Sunday before traveling on to Cincinnati a week from Friday. But four games in five nights in three different cities and playing on Thanksgiving Day.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be very tested with this road trip. You know, as I was looking at how well they played in the homestand, I you know right away you just hope that they can carry that momentum in the road onto the road. You have to wonder what they're going to do goaltender-wise because Hunter Jones is back with the team. But, you know, Drew DeRitter, I thought that was a great story on Saturday night. Um, DeRitter saved 37-39 in his pro debut. Matter of fact, De Ritter still has like his breezers pads and mask from when he played last year for the University of North Dakota. But, you know, I'd love to see De Ritter get another chance at it. But, you know, Hunter Jones needs some playing time. And Peyton Jones has proved himself. So, could be a good dilemma for Iowa as far as the goaltending goes. And you just hope that they can play their game like they played at home, take it on the road, and show the rest of the division that they're for real
0: you know what's interesting about the peyton jones story kevin a couple years ago it was going to be hunter jones that was going to be the guy every night and starting for the heartlanders um a lot of moves up and down within the organization meant that jones kept moving back and forth between des moines and coralville and it was corbin kaspersky that came in and really was the guy and a completely outplayed Jones, unfortunately, because I think Hunter Jones never really got his feet wet, you know, solid in one place or another. It seemed like, um, but because Persky was a guy, now I kind of feel like Hunter Jones may not really see many games because Peyton Jones is playing so well. I mean, he deserves that that track. He got to big
1: Yeah, he hasn't played. Hunter hasn't played in over two weeks now. I don't know if it, was, it must have been a health situation where he was not dressed for the homestand the week before, and then he got called up to Des Moines and he served as a backup for Zane McIntyre the entire weekend. So, you know, at some point, I imagine you've got to get him back in there before Rust settles in a little bit too much. But within that, you hate to have him trying to shake off Rust in a game situation with points at stake.
0: You know, and it's one of those calls, Kevin, because you think to yourself, they want Hunter Jones. I mean, they would like him to be. I, I'm, I'm assuming the organization still has plans for him in some way or another. But Peyton Jones, I mean, how do you, how do you turn against a guy who's just right now? It just seems like a the Great Wall of China out there right now. I, you know, I, uh, I, it's a situation that I'm glad that I'm not the coach of the Heartlanders or the head of hockey operations in the Minnesota Wild system. It's such a delicate
1: balance in minor league hockey, especially when you got guys that are on the loan from a parent club as opposed to guys that are under contract to your team alone. It's a delicate balance between keeping the main affiliates happy by getting their guys their proper playing time, but yet – playing the best guys they have available so like you said i mean it's got to be a tough call to make
0: well let's jump up to the ahl club great week for the heartlanders not so great a week for the iowa wildness they uh, lose on saturday night in a shootout then wind up dropping sunday's contest both those games kevin Luca was at there too got to see zane mcintyre and net for both contests so your thoughts on what you saw from the wild this weekend
1: well, starting in the net, I thought McIntyre looked fine, and you know he got beat up high on a couple of shots that maybe he would have liked to have back, but he kept them in the game on both on Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. The Wild were they really had to battle back to get two overtime on Saturday night. They're they're missing Jake Lucchini. I would assume there was an injury or illness involved because he was not up with Minnesota. But who was up with Minnesota was Vinny Letary and Nick Patan. So, yeah, three of your best forwards that were not available to you in that game. Um, Nick Swain, still out with an injury. So, you know, they're a little bit offensively challenged right now, and just a battle to get get three goals was a, a pretty good accomplishment on Saturday, but it just was not meant to be on Sunday afternoon.
0: And plus you have your top goaltender, if you want to call it, which is, you know, I think fair safe to say right now, he's the, he's the top guy uh, gone over there to Sweden as well. So um, you come away with only a point against Rockford, which is tough because that's a division opponent. But they easily could have came away with nothing out of this weekend. And I think we wouldn't have been surprised by that considering lot of the talent that was gone. So it's hard to... I guess I'm having a hard time trying to say that one point is a successful weekend, but I don't think it's a disaster.
1: No, it wasn't like they were blown off the Ice by the Ice Hawks at all. Both games were very competitive.
0: Well, this was a Saturday night contest, Kevin. Rockford jumped out to a one-nothing lead. I able to tie the score then. Rockford extends their lead, jumping out three to one. looks like they are going to come away with this game, but uh, after taking a three to one lead on a Colton Dodge goal, 103 into the third, Pavel Novak scores 23 seconds later, and then Adam Beckman with a late goal after they pulled McIntyre. Uh, he's able to uh, come up with his fifth goal of the season to tie the game, forcing this game into overtime. Iowa eventually loses in a shootout, but nice comeback for the club. And as you said, when you're really missing some of your top offensive talent, it's nice to know that some other guys can step up and get goals for
1: you. I thought it was a great call by Brett McLean to pull McIntyre with three minutes remaining because Iowa, I think they were outplayed the first two periods, but and the third period was all Iowa. And McLean recognized that, recognized momentum was with, uh, with the Wild, and it paid off with um, Adam Beckman bearing a, Extra attacker goal to tie the game.
0: Uh, let's see. McIntyre saves 25 shots in that game. Um, I'm never going to say this name correctly. So it, it, uh, you'll have to it greatly correct me here, Kevin, while I say this. So is it is this Juhar Kera? Is that the way that that's said? Do we know?
1: Jujar Kera.
0: Jujar Kara, see, I knew Kevin Luko would always be the guy. He has a goal and an assist in that game for Iowa. Um, so, they do come away with a point out of that. Uh, unfortunately, on Sunday, drop a 3-1 to game as Rockford scores the first two goals in the contest, including just 16 seconds into the game, Kevin, is a nice setup coming off the draw winds up creating an opportunity for themselves and sort of set the tone for the game from that point.
1: Yeah, it was not the, by far was not the start that Iowa was looking for. Um, going down one to nothing right away in the first bit of the game. But, and they trailed most of the way. Got within one um David Spoczek's first professional goal, but just couldn't inch any closer. You know, going back to Saturday night's game, well, Iowa wins that. Colton Dock doesn't play because Dock had all three regulation goals for the Ice Hogs and the shootout winner
0: yeah, all absolutely. back up
1: Chicago yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly and he and uh I, I think he had a did he have one I one assist on no he didn't have one assist I thought he had one assist on Sunday as well but no I'm, I, I stand corrected on that so um nice performance by him right there uh so they lose three to one Kevin McIntyre with 24 saves in the contest uh, a, a solid performance by him right there. It, it, unfortunately, the you know his team couldn't generate much offense for the club, and they wind up dropping a, a tough game against a, a, a serious division opponent who they're going to be battling with for playoff position here as the season goes along.
1: Yeah, like I said, the timing was just bad with them missing players, and that happens in minor league hockey. I'm sure there'll be a time somewhere down the road where maybe Chicago's bit with injuries, and they're, having to call up some guys from Rockford so I think it all evens out in the end but yes uh, the division points are so huge with as competitive as the division is
0: well with those two victories the ice hogs jump over Iowa and into second place they now have 15 point seven five and one Iowa at six six and one one point behind them tied with the Milwaukee Admirals right now at this point Iowa this week Kevin uh, we'll wind up traveling to take on Milwaukee on Wednesday evening, Thanksgiving Eve, and then we'll have a Saturday-Sunday battle in Hershey, uh, making a big East Coast trip out there, which I don't think that they have made an East Coast trip. It's usually been West Coast the last few seasons, so I don't think they've been out to the further than Milwaukee in quite a while. So um, it would be interesting to see how the team plays in a series like that.
1: Yeah, I think Cleveland is probably as far east as I remember them going. But you know, I think maybe they went to Laval at one point. That could be, or maybe Hamilton when Hamilton was still the Canadians farm team. But I don't recall them going out to Hershey before. So that'll be probably. I think it'll be fun for the team too. Um, Nick Batan and Jasper Volstead were both returned to Iowa, so. It um, looks like Vinny Luttery is going to be probably the extra forward for Minnesota. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But it doesn't look like Luttery is coming back at this point. But they do. They'll get a little bit of a boost with getting the number one goalie back and their number one scorer with Nick Batan.
0: To give uh, a little background, Hershey twelve and four, easily leading the Atlantic division right now. I think those twenty-four points are the most overall, and they are the most overall in the AHL. So that's not going to be two two very troublesome games. Let's say that in a different way. Uh, for the Iowa Wild that there. Not really the, the road trip you want after a, a tough loss at home. A couple tough losses at home. You're going to have to place a Milwaukee team that now you're tied with. So very serious week early on in the season for the club and so we're going to see a little bit of a gut check for the club. Let's jump up to the big club now, Kevin. They travel overseas for the big global series, uh, taking on a Ottawa team on Saturday, where they w- lose in a shootout, two to one, before then, defeat, then losing, excuse me, on Sunday to Toronto in overtime, four to three. Still come away with two points out of that, um, and. Uh, very exciting games to say the least.
1: There's two ways to take it. You know, there's the glass half empty where, you know, they have lost I don't know how many games in a row now. But then there's the glass half full that you you did get two points over there. You got it against teams that are not in your conference. So it's a little bit of a victory there. So it's almost like you went one and one, but this is a team that just needs to get a good defining victory at this point. Came close a couple times, just was not meant to be.
0: As you mentioned, five straight losses for the team, Kevin. Uh, they lose 2-1 to one on Saturday, losing in a shootout in this game. Great defensive battle between the clubs. Uh, Minnesota scores on a Marco Rossi goal, his sixth of the season in the second period. Ottawa able to tie the goal, uh, tie the game, excuse me, a little very early on in the third period, and the shootout, and it is where Ottawa comes away with a victory, Um, solid performance between the pipes there for the Iowa, that's Iowa Wild, Minnesota Wild, as Gustafson stops 30 of 31 shots in the game, and so very solid performance defensively, and defensively, this team, this has been a spot where the Minnesota Wild have been struggling recently, Kevin, so got to feel pretty good about the fact that they got a little bit better outing from their defensive group. Yes. Um, Gustafson
1: got, had a, a good game that he needed to have. And the, it looks like they switched their approach a little bit on the penalty kill. And that seemed to pay off as the, as the penalty kill was a I believe a perfect four for four in the game, but they are just struggling to score goals at this point. Um, I'm all ready to put Kirill Caprice off on the side of Milk Cartridge because he has been missing now for quite a while. And a team that just doesn't have, have a ton of offensive depth, it's just, it's just devastating when you're superstars and producing.
0: We talked about this in relation to last week, too, Kevin, and 60.4% of the faceoffs won by Ottawa on Saturday. And, and yeah, I you know that's a statistic sometimes that people aren't paying enough attention to, but 60.9% of the faceoff they lost in, against Toronto. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> that's that, that's a number that I found the coaching staff. i I, I got to be a little concerned about this because those key draws in your own zone or an opponent's zone, you're going to lose. And you're going to give up goals or give up opportunities when you could have got goals on the power play.
1: And that's the reason why a guy like Vinny LaTerry has been skating up on a third line is because LaTerry is a right-handed um, right-handed centerman, and they, they had him taking a lot of the face-off. He has subsequently scratched on Sunday as Freddy Gaudreau made his comeback in the lineup, but it was not a good comeback as Gaudreau was on the ice for all three of the... Maple Leafs regulation goals, and just, he looked uh, he looked as rusty as he probably was, but, you know, like I talked about last week, your guy might not win the face-off, but there's no reason why you can't go try to get the puck back.
0: Yep. Exactly right. On a Sunday, Kevin, Minnesota jumps out to a one nothing lead. Toronto responds with three unanswered goals. Looks like they're just dominating this contest after Riley scores 422 into the third, but a great gut-check performance by the club as they get two late goals, one 610, into the third period. Uh, Zuccarella scores his fifth goal of season 8-42, forcing overtime, but it is Nylander with his 12th goal of the season, 309 into overtime to give Toronto the victory. Um, Mark uh, andre Fleury with 21 saves on 25 shots in the contest. Power play gives up uh, the penalty killing given one goal on two opportunities for Toronto. Power play goes 0 for three, 0 for seven total in the two-game series for the Minnesota Wild. As you were talking about, goal scoring has been a challenge for this club, and special teams kind of struggling a little bit here right now. No doubt,
1: uh, you know, one one for two against Toronto. I guess you know that's a, such a high octane offense that can't grate much about that. But the power play has just been non-existent and when you look at two your three goals in regulation were from not not exactly your goal-scoring machines with um, defensemen John Merrill and Jake Middleton getting their first two goals of the game before Zuccarello deflected in a great um, feed from Brock Faber to
0: tie the game up at three. Well, Kevin, that leaves the team in sixth place in the Central Division right now, 14 points at 5, 8, and 4. They are trailing the Arizona Coyotes by four points and the St. Louis Blues by five. The week does not get any nicer for them as they will uh, come home to take on the Colorado Avalanche on Friday and then travel to take on uh, the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday, a 12 o'clock game central time out there for fans looking to have the early... Afternoon, the hockey game to watch. So, um, wow, this. I, I think right now you're just kind of looking at this and think we need some goal scoring here.
1: And I think this is where the schedule's a detriment because they had nearly a week to stew on the horrible game against Dallas before you went to Sweden. Well, now you came back and you have most of the week off now because you're gonna need that time to get shake off the jet lag and get get your body back into shape to take on a Colorado team that's getting hot. And meanwhile, you know, all the other teams within your division are playing and getting points, so it really really puts you in a bad spot when you're not not racking up any wins in the few games that you are playing.
0: You know, Kevin, I'm I'm curious about if there's some kind of advantage. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys on on both for Ottawa and Toronto and for Minnesota. A lot of Swedish players out there. So you know, fans are cheering for any any guy that steps on the ice who came from Sweden. Okay, but you know, you know, your guys are getting a lot of that cheering and and, hugging, and big crowds after these games. So. Is there any kind of benefit, I guess, that you're getting some of those games playing over there? Does the crowd noise or whatever back you somehow or another? I I find that kind of an interesting dynamic of those games in some way.
1: Well, keep in mind, um, Nylander for Toronto is also a sweet, and he pretty much stole the show in the two games that Toronto played over there. So I just, I think that kind of, you know, that, that gets played out where it's, a, it's a equal advantage for both sides. It seemed like there was, judging by crowd noise, it seemed like there was more of a home ice advantage for Toronto in the Sunday game than there was uh, for Ottawa on Saturday. It seemed like it was an even split on Saturday.
0: Okay. Okay, so Toronto clearly had the edge. So 13,000 people, a little over 13,000 people for Saturday's game there against Ottawa. So nice crowd. Not a little bit smaller, I think, than your, your NHL crowd, I guess, but um, still a pretty decent crowd for out there. Well, Kevin, uh, Thanksgiving week. So do we have a, a uh, Thanksgiving moment in Minnesota wild history?
1: You know what? I am going to use this spot to have a grape. Oh, am my one of my favorite things to do on Thanksgiving, and this, this had become a tradition, is to catch the wild game. The wild were always at home on Black Friday afternoon where I would catch a wild game, and then I would go catch a game that night. Well, now the wild, and I don't think it's an NHL thing because I think there are some Friday afternoon games, but there is a, the game against Colorado does not start till seven seven thirty on Friday night. That might be due to T V too. I think that is a TNT game now that I think of it. But it really killed a tradition Correct. for me because Correct. I always like last season I went to the wild maple leaf game and then went out to have some dinner at IHOP because I likes me a little bit of a steak omelet with some pancakes on the side. And then went and saw St. Thomas play against Lake Superior State that night. It's always been a fun tradition for me to catch two games in one day like that. But unfortunately, I won't be able to do it this year. I don't have tickets for that game. There are other options for me for hockey viewing that night. But just unfortunately, I won't be able to do my Black Friday
0: doubleheader. They've ruined Thanksgiving. Yes. That's terrible absolutely terrible man i'm very disappointed in that now so Thanksgiving though this is a uh, uh, you know one of those times that you look for like benchmarks you know if a team is at this has this many victories and this many points or something like that its just you know at christmas time or or um after the new year or something you start to think you could be pretty confident about their playoff position or, or very leery about their playoff position. I, I don't really know what to expect out of this Minnesota Wild team right now because it looks like that defensive group just has a lot of work to do to try to blend together. And I'm not really sure what you're going to get out of Gustafson and Corey. And I don't mean that necessarily that they're the ones behind that. Is you know They're not getting a tough defensive group in front of them every night, Kevin. So I'm not really sure what this club might look like a month from now.
1: I'm not sure either, and I know um, I'm sure at some point Alex Galagoski will be back in the lineup, so it does give the Wild an option where if you feel like you're in a matchup with a team that isn't as physical, you can go with the Galagoski and sit Zach Bogosian or John Merrill, but if you need to go big, then you go with those two big vets in the lineup, so... It's, so I got to imagine the defense is just going to be predicated by whatever the the matchup is going to be on that particular evening. But we knew it was coming into the year that the, it was going to be a no new look decourse. De so it'll be a work in progress. And hopefully, once the guys get over jet lag, maybe they can get some practices in, and maybe this team will find a find a second year as they start this stretch but like you said for a lot of a lot of people they eye up um who's in a playoff spot in at Thanksgiving time is how the rest of the season's going to play out but if you remember even last year Minnesota was I don't think they were in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving but they just got hot right after that and cruised the rest of the year can they do it again that'll be a tough tough task but you just never know but they need some guys to get hot right now. You know, the one of the best ways to play defense is to have the puck in the other end of the ice, too. So, you know, Very can't on the defense. Got to have your forwards um, for checking and putting
0: pressure on the other team's goalie. Win a draw once in a while, too. I think it would help you out there a little bit more. So. Well, Kevin, thanks for joining me, and happy Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, it's happy Thanksgiving to you, Rob. Thanks for having me on.